Join us as we unpack emerging trends and changes in digital transformation with the executives, entrepreneurs, and investors responsible for shaping the future of their industries. In these interviews, you can expect to hear candid conversations about the future of technology and the role it plays at some of the largest organizations in the world. Our hosts are members of the Kunai team, an agency that has been building software products for over 20 years. Today, your host will be Tom Baldwin. Hello and welcome to the Kanai Podcast. Today I'm excited to be speaking with Diana Dennis, Vice President of Product at Molly. Molly is a payments fintech based out of Amsterdam. Today, Molly focuses on small and medium businesses, counting over 100,000 merchants as customers within the Netherlands, Belgium, Germany, and France. Welcome, Diana. Uh, thanks. Thanks for uh, having me on. Tom. Yeah, it's great to have you on. When uh, we were originally talking about having you come on to the pod, um, I uh, loved learning about your background, your focus on product, and uh, the markets that you're serving today. So super excited to have you. Um, just to get into that background a little bit, Diana is originally from New York, now calls Portugal home. Um, Diana spent five years at Payment Sense before finding her way to Portugal and ultimately to Mali. Um, today, Diana leads product for Mali, focusing on enabling customers to pay how they want and make conversion easier for merchants. Diana, welcome. Let's get started with your career arc. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, so uh, I think I ended up in tech uh, almost by accident, if I could say that, um, because I actually have a background in uh, contemporary art. So I have a master's in contemporary art from Sotheby's in London. Uh, and I, whilst doing a master's, I realized that I, whilst I love and enjoy art in all the forms that it comes in, old, new, uh, I think it became very obvious to me that um, it was not a world in which I wanted to operate in. Uh, and I had done uh, an, uh, a short internship back in the States with what was considered a dot-com back in the days. Now it would just be considered businesses that have a presence online. So um, uh, as a result, I when I graduated, I went looking for jobs in tech. And I started with, funny enough, a Silicon uh, Valley-based company. Uh, out of their office in London. Uh, and so I didn't end up leaving London for almost 16 years. Uh, and I kind of went from startup to startup, uh, then kind of to scale up, and now uh, yet again, another scale up. So I uh, went from kind of um, lead gen, uh, online publishing to fintech, where I definitely want to stay because it's super interesting uh, and an incredibly disruptive space with so much interesting uh, opportunity. Uh, and it, it became very clear to me probably after my first, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years of working that um, product is an interesting place to be for so many reasons. Um, but the biggest thing is kind of the ability to leverage technology to make people's lives easier and better and, and, and simpler. Uh, and this had quite an appeal. Plus, there are so many ways to solve a problem uh, and uh, it just, it just, it, there's limitless, limitless possibilities in my mind, at least. 
Absolutely. So taking some of that creative process and, and what you learned in your master's program, um, it, it's interesting. We had Mark Jamison, uh, the head of product for Visa on, uh, not too long ago. And uh, he has a, a background in arts and the music and, uh, and then took it to uh, finance and fintech and, and driving that creative process from a product side. Um, uh, how do you find those two coming together? Um, so if it, if it taught me anything, I think studying art is that um, looking at things from different angles and that context really matters. Uh, there, there is also an element I have to admit, especially when it when you do have UI, um, that it's that you think of design not as just something that's pretty, but that has some sort of uh, ease of use functionality or purpose. So the purpose is is quite important, and I think that's probably, if anything, I would say that's the core that I've, I've drawn from. And then, of course, you just build up skills over years and, and add to that as you go along, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So today, uh, a lot of folks call it empathy and empathy in the the design world. Um, I always go back to uh, the Adam Grant, one of my favorite management book authors. He uh, in the Outsiders, he wrote about uh, the um, Nobel Peace Prize winners and what how creative they were and what their hobby was and learned that there was an association and and the top hobbies were uh, actor or actress, magician or artist because you had to put yourself into the place of others rather than just yourself. So um, that doing so fundamentally drives the creative process. So that's what I heard and what you shared. Yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah, I quite like Adam as well. Um, I've listened to quite a few of his uh, appearances on podcasts and I really liked uh, Plan B, if not mistaken, that he wrote with Sheryl Sandberg, which is a brilliant book. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm currently going through uh, reading Think Again, which um, has me rethinking a lot. <laughs> so, I'll put it on my reading list then, shall I? Yeah. <laughs> so lots of fun. So uh, let's see. So, so your background in, in art then ended up in tech and then in fintech. Um, tell us a little bit about today and um, and Molly and your role? Uh, so Molly is actually, I don't know if we'd call it an old company by, by larger standards, but Molly is 17 years old, uh, was started by Adrian Moll uh, by himself and probably a few other ragtag uh, engineers or so the, so the story goes. Um, and I've been at Molly for about 15 months. And so when I started, we had a very small um, product team uh, and we've gone from, I believe it was uh, three or four, and we now have about 25, 26 people uh, in the team. And so we've built out, um, let's say, this function that more or less didn't fully exist before. We had the engineering team, and they drove a lot of this uh, from a technical side. Um, but let's say we're missing that, but we can call it the empathy element, perhaps, right? Or kind of the concentration on the customer or the market, uh, as you have um, uh, and, and we've kind of just been building them as, as we've come along. That being said, I think that Molly became really successful by 
um, effectively really caring about the customer and trying to make things really easy. And in particular from a technology side, so keeping the APIs really clean, clean, really simple, really easy to, to make um, use of. And I think initially this drove um, a lot of small businesses to, to work with Molly. Um, uh, and so this was one of the biggest things. But the other thing that we've done is I think they've done hyper-localization for the markets that we're in. Right. And so they really concentrated on how people like to pay, what they're accustomed to. So not just going, let's say, card based, which is very dominant, obviously, in North America, dominant in the UK. And it's not that it's not used throughout Europe because it absolutely is. Credit cards are used throughout Europe and debit cards are used throughout Europe, but more local payment methods and alternative payments like uh, the likes of Klarna, likes of PayPal, in Netherlands, the likes of Ideal. It, it, and we don't operate fully in Poland, but you know we use P24, uh, which is a, a Polish uh, payment, gyro pay in Germany. So there are all these kind of like, let's say, local ways of paying or preferred ways of paying that we spent a lot of time on, uh, as well as from a customer uh, approach in terms of support. Everything is in a local language. You can get a hold of somebody on the phone that speaks your local language. Um, and I think this is how Molly got to where it was. And I think now we're taking uh, big boy and big girl steps to kind of mature, uh, professionalize, and then start more uh, our geo expansion. So we really want to go and conquer uh, the rest of Europe uh, whilst trying to keep that deep localization, which made us really, um, I think, successful at the outset. Yeah. And how did you accomplish some of that deep localization? I recall you saying that in Germany, less than 10% of the transactions are card-based. So uh, uh, I, I'm sure, how did you, do you identify the features? How do you know, um, uh, I want to build and enable these features? And then um, how do you bring it to your merchant customers? Um, so I suppose it's no different than any other company. Uh, it's a matter of research uh, and it's a matter of probably a combination of things. So talking to our customers, doing silly things like, of course, just buying reports to look at, hey, what do people use online? Um, and the last one, which is, of course, really common is looking at our competitors, right? Um, and looking at what is in the market, what seems to be common. Um, and that's more or less what we've done. The other thing, of course, is we have a brilliant commerce team that's been built up and particularly in the last year has gotten very uh, or significantly larger in Germany, let's say, and they're giving us market insights. We're, um, you know, making sure that we pick up staff from the payment space in Germany. So they're able to inform our decisions. And then we're of course taking these and trying to create proper product market fits, make sure it fits with like our brand. We want to make sure that, you know, that we have slick, super easy experiences everywhere that is, is humanly possible, both for the end customer, so the consumer, let's say, right, uh, as well as our merchant, uh, whether they're big or, or, or small, I suppose. Um, the other thing that we're just very conscious of is partners, right? So plugins, SaaSes, the world of e-com, right, to make sure that we work really effectively with them and that we are uh, in a place where if you want to work with WooCommerce, you can work with WooCommerce. If you want to work with Magenda, you can work with Magenda. If you want to work with Shopify or Shopware or whoever it is that you're, you know, uh, you want to plug in with, it's not a barrier to work with us. If anything, it makes it easier potentially. Yeah. 
And in in that regard, uh, are you presenting yourself as a, a set of APIs, or are are you presenting yourself as an application, a front end that consumes APIs and allowing you to bring in other um, experiences, as you mentioned? So I think we're much more API focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have a hosted checkout page. That's of course an option for anybody that wants to use it. And we have the ability to do payment requests via links, for instance. So if you want to send links and you want to attach invoices or do things of this nature, we make uh, that available to you as a customer as well. But primarily, ultimately at the heart of Molly, in a lot of ways, we are really a fintech company. So it's the tech and the ease of use that comes along with it. And of course, you know, like any other company, we have our dashboards, you have your reporting, you you have your payouts, you have your, you, you have your integrations with uh, accounting uh, systems, right? Yeah. So that everything is kind of seamless and easy. Um, but, but yeah. So you have your administrative screens and, and of course, underlying that all your compliance and um, your transaction uh, flow yeah. that you're managing for your merchant. But mm-hmm. on the front end, you um, allow for a lot of seamless flexibility, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. And even to a certain extent, we've built out some APIs, and I think we should extend them in regards to if you don't want to go into the administrative area or dashboard area, you know what? You want to use an API to get the information? Go for it. I think that's something that we can also start to expand for um, larger customers who are now becoming more interested in Molly that we have enough sophisticated tooling potentially to let's say, live up to their expectations or serve them well in, in some way. Fantastic. Um, so as you have grown your product team from three to four to roughly 25, um, uh, managing a, a group of three or four um, uh, is, is very different from managing a large group managing all, I'm sure, the the products and features that are getting delivered. Um, Tell us a little bit about your journey and and how you've maybe changed some of how you've managed over time as the group has grown. Uh, Sure. Well, I guess the biggest thing is to scale oneself, you need to scale some amount of leadership. Uh, uh, And behind that as well, we've kind of got, as part of the product team, we have three functions. We have the product management, so the product managers, or sometimes they're called product owners in, in different companies, right? We've got product marketing, which of course is helping with things like uh, go-to-market strategy, product market fit, opportunity sizing, um, and uh, kind of, let's say, uh, helping in particular with uh, learnings after the fact, so sometimes research as well. So we've got it out, how's it doing, how do we improve it, um, uh, things of this nature. And then we have uh, product design. And so product design is all about um, consistency, ease of use. So where we do have uh, interfaces, interactions with a human and a computer, um, that these are really simple and straightforward. But I also think to a certain extent, we can also use them to examine things like, how are we keeping our API simple? How are we keeping clean? How easy is our documentation to get around, navigate, use? Um, So that's the first thing is building up leaders for each of these areas. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, I suppose, is uh, <laughs> I think shifting things from more tactile to just a slightly higher level, right? So asking different areas to really look at what is their strategy and then uh, hiring leaders to kind of 
run those areas. And that's kind of what we've done. So we've broken it into four main areas. So one is our infra area, and that's really just to turbocharge and make sure we can handle the phenomenal growth that we've had. And we had excellent growth before COVID, and then COVID just you know, gave us serious champagne problems and occasionally champagne hangovers, which are nasty, but, you know, we got to, we got to make sure we invest in the infrastructure to make sure that it's super easy to use. We have amazing CICD, you know, spinning up things in the cloud quickly up and down and having a team to support and, and to, to increase, uh, to, to deal with our growth really ultimately. Um, mm-hmm. We have an area that's kind of more around payouts, administrations, reporting, integrations with uh, accounting services, uh, then we have the largest part probably is our core product, right? It's payments. So this is uh, plugins, cards, alternative payment methods, processing, fraud, uh, risk mitigation. And then we've got, last but not least, quite importantly, is kind of like the onboarding journey, making this super easy, as automated as possible, uh, keeping the merchant safe, keeping us safe uh, as part of the onboarding process. Um, and then there's lots of other little things that we're tinkering with, but I can't give it away uh, in terms yeah. of stuff we want to build. Uh, but we built up these uh, four areas and what we've done is created leadership positions in these areas to help steer and guide this uh, and move more independently. Hey there. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Kunai podcast. Kunai Concepts designs and develops unique customer experiences that unite digital products with fintech for the world's top companies. We partner with our clients from start to finish to ensure that their product development efforts are always high velocity and customer aligned. This is why Fortune 500 companies, all four payment networks, five of the 10 top banks, and startups trust Kunai. And now, back to the episode. And um, you talked about a broad swath of features. And if I think about um, uh, just what's happened in the last five years, um, your ability to be dynamic and change and grow the uh, the adoption of tokens at, at a, a merchant site versus holding PII or PCI based information and all those changes to your point, what happened with COVID, it sounds like COVID was really a scalability challenge or was it a feature and a scalability challenge? I, so I think COVID for us became a scalability challenge. So the sheer amount of demand generated by COVID, which I would actually argue the reality is the world is shifting this way. If you look at e-com and the the growth that it's had consistently in the last 10 years, it's only to a certain extent accelerated, correct? Right. So um, I think COVID has turbocharged it. And uh, absolutely, I think we need to constantly be moving and and pushing in terms of uh, feature sets, innovation, more payment methods, right? Because they are popping up, they're becoming more popular. Uh, wallets in particular are becoming bigger. There are things like Samsung Wallet and even things like Bank Contact, which is a, a Belgian one. That okay, it's like, oh, we could get onto those. We could make sure that we're covering those, right? Um, uh, but I think it's been just, just, just the growth. The growth has been, has been in, insane. And I think it's not been too different for a lot of payment companies, but it seems to really take off with Molly. And I wonder if it's because in particular, maybe for small businesses, we're really attracted in the sense that our pricing, our pricing is super transparent. 
we are really localized for the op- the markets that we're operating in. And um, I, I think there's something about Molly as a brand, like it is, it's kind of the concept that we want to be simple, fun, easy to work with, easy to use. Um, and I, I must say we have a pretty in, uh, impressive NPS of 47, which is not that bad. Uh, and, and I think um, this is this is just literally, COVID has been both a, a, a blessing and a challenge for Molly, uh, but one that I think we've uh, broadly dealt with quite well, and we definitely had some hiccups, uh, but I think it's it's helped us to step up our game, which has been great because it's just raised the bar for us in, in quite a few ways um, and pushing us to accelerate. So uh, with our B round of funding and us becoming a unicorn, that has been super helpful. And quite frankly, I can't wait for the C round because I think we're just going to continue to smash it. And I'm looking forward to uh, getting some more uh, support to just grow bigger. So for me, it's uh, go big or go home. And I think we need to go big. And I think Adrian, the founder, and our new CEO, Shane, would absolutely agree with that statement. Absolutely. And uh, so that balance of, of feature versus operational excellence, and I put scalability in, in that bucket and how you end up teeter-tottering across them and, and where you landed, um, I think that's, uh, that's super insightful. And, uh, and now it sounds like it's a uh, it's a strong blend of both as you look to um, further dominate the markets that you serve. Yeah, and and seriously, uh, jump into the other markets that exist. So we talked about earlier this year the fact that we are uh, making our foray into the UK, which is the biggest e-com market in Europe. But as far as I'm concerned. I want to push more into Central uh, and Eastern and Southern Europe because there is absolutely need. Um, we just need to make sure that we're preparing ourselves appropriately because we don't want to go ill-prepared. We are really concerned about making sure that if we go, that we're in a position to uh, do a really good job for the customers that we're intending to target, right? So these small, medium-sized businesses that we want to serve incredibly well. Absolutely. They they don't have a penny to spare. So uh, how you create that seamless onboarding experience that you mentioned, how you um, get them up to speed quickly so that they're generating transactions, ultimately generating money um, uh, is, uh, is paramount for these small and medium businesses. Otherwise, they won't be around. So. Yeah, we want to we want to make it so they're they're busy running their business. They're not busy, you know, messing about with their payments company, right? It should be almost to a certain extent. I don't want to say plug and play, but I would hope that it's it it feels that simple, you know. Yeah, yeah, that um, uh, it, it it's not as simple as set it and forget it. But at the end of the day, I, I hear you. It's yeah. uh, it, they're in business to be a physician or be a, uh, a restaurant or be something not to, uh, not to be a payments company. So yeah. your, yeah. Your, yeah. your ability to take that on and, and support them in, in uh, better focusing on their role is, uh, is, is awesome. Yeah. 
So as, as you look to the future and um, uh, it sounds like you have new markets to serve, new um, features to bring to market, um, potentially some additional funding to support the, uh, the, the growth in both, um, uh, as, as you look at, at your role and um, where it goes as, as you continue to grow, what are the areas of investment in um, product and, and product management and product ownership that, that you see um, will be critical to build that agility and scale going forward? Um, so I think some of this is more operational in terms of how we how we set up how we get better let's say the discovery process to a certain extent and some of it might be just using more um tech that is out there that we can that we can leverage right so and i think Uh this i think this is quite a common um trend that you see in fintech right so you see the likes of um other companies that are getting into payments or gotten into payments they're either partnering up Right. Yeah. Um, and they're very rarely building everything from scratch. And so I think, at least for the moment, I could see Molly doing um, business with uh, with the likes of Plaid. Actually, so let's talk about Plaid. You guys work with Plaid quite a lot, so it's a really good example of using um, a lot of the tech that they're building to just improve our experience and, and leverage uh, the tech that they have to make things better for our customers. And so, to a certain extent, I think it's about ultimately the thing that we want to own is the experience, the customer experience intent and to make it incredibly seamless. And a lot of these companies, the reality is they're not making money and they're not being successful or they're not disruptive because they are doing something new. They are disruptive because they're doing something that's always been done in a much better, quicker, easier way. And I think that's just, yes. that's just the reality. Money. They're saving time and money in some way, some shape or form. It's rare that you get to a uh, a brand new feature, something that has never been seen before. Yeah. And I I think uh, so this this element of experience and ease of use is so paramount. It's like, you know, you have to be at the top of the UX pyramid, I think, to ultimately do well in this space. I mean, you could argue, you know, you could talk about things like open banking, right? But again, it's still technically not new. It's just a new way of making use of these technologies, right? Uh, a new way of implementing them. And, um, you know, I don't want to name off a bunch of competitors, but maybe in the same space, we could talk about the Monzos, the, 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 the Revoluts, the, the Starling banks of this world. So, um so this is this is why it's really interesting because in a lot yeah. of ways you can work with a lot of different parties to make amazing stuff, right? And you don't have to build it all yourself anymore and maintain it all yourself anymore. Uh, absolutely, and um, uh, it 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 used to be about an API communicating across applications. So I moved from marketing to sales, to finance, to supply chain and manufacturing, um, and, uh, and then back around where now uh, what we're seeing is, 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 a, is a separation between front end and back end. And I think what you're identifying in part is 
is that ability to almost uh, so the, there was a, a great uh, book about um, uh, uh, organization and business and they talked about mise en place and the idea of taking pieces and parts putting them together so what a chef does um, in making a, a beautiful meal and uh, these are the types of challenges that uh, I think our product managers and product marketers are now um, uh, uh, dealing with. Um, how do I get to market uh, focused on customer first, but then time and money and um, who can get me there fastest and yes. yeah. that will continue to change over time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I love your analogy of the mise en place, the concept of um, uh, getting your ingredients together and then prepping them to then have a, a, a really delightful or delicious in this case out, output. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it sounds like you've done that incredibly well, um, over the years and, uh, and brought that to Europe. And, um, it sounds like from a feature perspective, from a, uh, market perspective that is, uh, just going to continue to grow in the future. So uh, thank you so much for the time spent today. Um, it, it has been a very insightful and interesting conversation. And um, uh, I'll leave it to you. Any, any final thoughts for the audience? And, uh, and thank you so much. Uh, no, thank you so much for the chat. Super fun. Thanks so much for the invite to, to just have a chat with you. I think... Uh, I think we'll 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 leave it at that. I would just say that if anybody wants to work in tech and they want to work in a super interesting space, uh, I don't think there is a more interesting space than tech at the moment. So I would encourage would be engineers, uh, product managers, designers, people of that nature. We need you, so please apply. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! Thank you so much. Cheers! Thanks.